0: Hey y'all, welcome back to The Tribe Podcast. I am so glad you're here. Today we have a very special guest, my sister Lindsay, and we're gonna be talking about comparison versus being set apart by God. Hi Sissy, welcome. Hi Sissy, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Okay, so before we get too far into it, I wanna hear from Lindsay about what it means to have a sister and to be a
1: sister i love this question and it's not something i'm asked very often having a sister whether it's through dna or a strong bond between close friends is an absolute blessing for me having a sister means having a confidant since i was a young girl which has continued into my adult life there is nothing too big or too small to bring to britney There's no judgment or comparison when I'm being vulnerable, and there's just nothing in this world that could take away the love that I have for her. It also means at the end of the day, when the enemy creeps in, I know my sister will point me back to scripture and what God says is true. On the flip side, being a sister means I get to be that same non-judgmental comparison-free confidant for her. And in a world where society can feel so full of comparisons and judgment, having a safe place to just be yourself is so incredibly powerful.
0: I could not agree more, and we're going to circle back to being a sister, but for now, let's get into the topic of the day, because this is something that God has really put on my heart. So I'm going to start with comparison and how the enemy uses this as a tactic to separate us from God and from one another. The word compare, by definition, is to examine two or more objects, ideas, or people, in order to note similarities or differences. When I think about comparison, my very first thought is social media. I haven't been on social media in a long time, but it's still where my brain goes because I think it's that impactful and it has the ability to be that damaging. Social media has this really sneaky way of creeping up into your mind more often than you think and in ways you couldn't even imagine. I'm going to let my sister tell a little bit of her story and walking away from social media.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I was on social media for years. I would post my own stories quite often. I enjoyed seeing posts from friends and family. I knew Instagram was becoming a problem for me when my day started and ended with mindless scrolling and also when that scrolling became a way for me to compare myself to whatever society was putting in front of my face through daily feeds. I started to pray for a few weeks asking God to help me with three things. Self-control to simply limit my daily time on social media. Grace for being so hard on myself and a loving reminder of whose child I truly am. I spent those few weeks focusing less on social media and on the more important things in life, actual human interaction with my loved ones. And without sharing too many details, the enemy, as always, started creeping back in, and I was back to comparing myself, mostly body image issues, with others. And that's when I had simply had enough. This was not what God had planned for me self doubt, a negative private voice, and so on. One evening, very recently, I deactivated my account, and I'm not gonna lie, I panicked when I did. It took me about 48 hours to simply stop grabbing my phone to mindlessly tap the Instagram app. Now, I want to be very clear, and I know I speak for both Brittany and me. We are not saying to delete social media. That is not the answer for everyone. It was just simply what needed to happen for the two of us. And there's probably a lot of people out there where the enemy doesn't seem to attack you with social media. You have self-control. You do just fine in that social media realm. And that's okay. This is just my story, my experience, and what I had to do for my own mental health.
0: Yeah, and I think for a lot of us, it's the same way. We just don't realize the frequency in which we're checking or updating or scrolling. But the enemy uses this to distract us from the peace and the goodness of God. And like Lindsay said, we are in no way saying delete your social media. Just because I'm not on the platform doesn't mean I don't see the advantage of businesses and churches being on it. I think God uses a lot of different people and a lot of different avenues to spread the word. For me, it's just a very personal choice in being intentional about what I expose myself to. And because it's working, I'm going to continue to abide in where God wants me to be for this season. Comparison shows up in a lot of other ways. It's in the grocery store when someone has a full cart of groceries and you can't afford a full cart. It's showing up at church and looking at someone else's outfit or children in comparison to your own. It's mom versus mom, wife versus wife. Comparison can show up in friendships and in marriage. It can show up among siblings and in step-parent situations. For me, comparison has been in the form of body image and the unhealthy way that I've compared someone else's body to my own. It has taken me years to break past the unhealthy thought cycle of my own body and to really see that my body is a good and beautiful thing that God has entrusted to me. As far as comparison goes, it is very much a tactic that the enemy uses to separate us from other people and to separate us from God and what God says about us. So we're going to switch gears. And when we talk about being set apart by God, we're talking about what scripture says. It's in Psalm 139, where God says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's in second Corinthians when God says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. God says that you are chosen and that you are loved more than you can imagine. He says you are forgiven and that because Jesus has broken your old chains, you are free in Christ. First John one verses 15 through 17 say, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Every day we wake up and we put our feet on the ground, but we have to remind ourselves that we are not of this world. Just because we put our feet down here doesn't mean we're planting our feet. And what I mean by that is for my sister and me, we are not of this world because God has set us apart. And by being set apart, we have to live our lives differently. Living set apart for us means taking up the cross and walking away from anything that distracts us from the love of God. Because our hope is in heaven, we put our stake in the ground. We choose to live life alongside other believers and we live differently. Having a tribe means surrounding ourselves with people that love the Lord. And for us, it's our women's Bible study, our family, and our church. I'm going to share a really cool story about baptism and being made new. Try not to cry, Sissy, because I know this story is just as emotional for you as it is for me. Our middle children, so my son and Lindsay's daughter, accepted Christ into their lives within just a couple of weeks of each other. Last summer, they both decided to be baptized. And I don't know about you, but for me, baptism in general is one of those experiences where even when you don't know the person being baptized, it's an emotional experience. So when it's your son or it's your daughter, you are overcome with All the feelings. It is so humbling to see little kids at the front of the church accepting Jesus because, as parents, we know that making this choice is going to completely change the trajectory of their lives. Lindsay and I had a ton of tissues between the two of us, and we stood together in the front row while Mason and Emery were baptized at our church. There was music playing and a pastoral staff that prayed over our kids. I remember just weeping from all of the emotions swirling around us. And when our kids went under the water and came back up dead to sin and alive in Christ, I cheered like I've never cheered before. While our kids were getting out of the pool, I walked over to my sister and hugged her, and I will never forget that hug. This was a hug that symbolized everything our parents had cultivated in us and the work that the Lord was continuing to do in our lives. That day will continue to be one of the proudest moments of my life. I want y'all to hear a little bit from my sister and how she felt during this baptism experience.
1: That was so well said, sissy. That day will forever be one of the most glorious days for our two families. And while we cheered, cried, and there was absolutely a party in heaven. I also want to make sure that every listener right now knows that it doesn't mean that we've done everything right. Parenting is so very hard. There are days where my kids know exactly how to give me another gray hair. There are days where I fall short, lose my temper, raise my voice, feel too exhausted to read before bed. But for all of the times where I feel like a less than parent, there's so much value in pausing to celebrate the wins, even if the wins only come every now and then. And that's what this baptism day was for us as moms. It was a win because hell lost another one and our kids were saved. And I will absolutely cherish that day for as long as I live.
0: I cannot think of a better example of being set apart than our kids being unashamed to stand up before their church, their family and their friends and say, I am a son and I am a daughter of the one true king. And I want everyone to know because I'm not ashamed. You know, as I sit here with my sister and we share a little bit about our journey and how we're living intentionally, yes, she's my sister. And yes, we're walking alongside each other. But Lindsay is more than a biological sister. She is a sister in Christ. And having a sister in Christ means I will always have someone that will point me to Jesus. There is not a day or a night or a season that I've experienced where Lindsay hasn't cheered me on. Having a sister in Christ also means raising our kids together for Lindsay and me. Our parents did such a great job of cultivating an environment of sisterhood. And because of that, now we have the opportunity to carry that torch. So not only are we best friends, we're raising our kids to be best friends. To know and to love Jesus and to recognize the importance of having a family that will always stick by their side. For those of you listening today, you might not have a true biological sister. You might not even have a sister in Christ yet. But my prayer for you today is that you continue taking steps to find a couple of sisters in Christ and put the effort in. Go first, be intentional. And then add these women to your tribe, because if you believe that the word of God is true and that you have indeed been set apart, these sisters will be the ones that point you to Jesus. They will walk through the peaks and the valleys of life with you, and they will love you the way that Jesus does. I pray that the voice of God is louder than the voice of the enemy and that you would be so deeply rooted in who God says you are that you have no time to hear anything else. Sissy, thank you so much for joining me today. You know you mean the world to me, and I love you more than anything.
1: I cannot think of a better place to be this morning than sharing our story and the gospel of Jesus Christ with others who need encouraged and loved on. Thanks for having me, Sissy.